Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi, good evening. Welcome to week six, and seven of Simply Study, How to Manage Money with Larry Burkett. We are on tonight, um, starting at 8.30, but I wanted to come on usually, always, um, a little earlier to just set up and get started. So if you are here, I say welcome. If you are here and it's quiet, I'm going to put you on mute just for a little bit until we start the audio um, in the call. But we want to say welcome to you and If you're coming on, if you can hit star six to mute your line, and as we get started, you can hit star six to unmute your line, and you can ask any questions or give any comments during the Bible study. But we welcome you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to week six and seven. Thank you.
Welcome, welcome. If you are on, welcome to week six and seven. We are going to start um, pretty shortly. So we say welcome. Um, we're just waiting for Prophet Stacy to get on to start this week's call. But we are going to put you on mute. You can start your line and just start um, six to come back on when we have questions or comments. But we want to welcome you to um, week six and seven, and thank you for joining us. Right. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Please forgive me. Uh, I got off of work and then uh, because of all of the down... Can anybody hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Bless God. Bless God. I'm just uh, getting Excuse me. on the Facebook Live. Amen. Ooh, thank you, Father God. It's been an awesome day. Uh, please forgive me. Um, I'm trying to move it quickly here. Um, I know this is good information, and I'm going to try to always be on time for God. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm just going to give it a minute to. Make it, let it do what it do, finish refreshing. I do want to apologize um, when I got off of work uh, because of all of the power, the, the um, power is down and uh, lines are down, trees are down. We ended up having to go and um, pick up my uh, son's friend, told him to get off the train because he had been in the same spot for about an hour because of, you know, the uh, trees on the uh, laying on the track. So we are here and we are ready to go. Um, I want to thank Rhonda. I want to thank Dr. Rhonda for doing this. Hmm. All right. I can see myself. I'm live. Can you tell me if you can see me? Am I live or did I? Uh... I can't see you. You can? I cannot. I didn't see anything. Look. 
Okay, so maybe I didn't get it yet. Remind me later. Oh, okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. Hello, hello, hello. We are here hmm. and ready to go. Amen. <laughs> We've been talking about how to manage your money. We've been studying the book by Larry uh, Burgett, Burkett, excuse me, Burkett. Um, we've been studying this awesome book. So today um, I want to thank, I'm so happy uh, uh, that uh, Prophet Rhonda, she did last week. It, it was a great message. I'm glad that I could, at least I got to go on, even though I couldn't, um, couldn't be here to teach. Um, I'm glad that I was able to still be on the, uh, sorry, I was still able to be on, and um, it was just an awesome lesson. I know that this has been blessing me, so I know um, that you will feel the blessings, you will receive the blessings. Um, it's definitely teaching me a lot about, you know, even just past mistakes and failures and not even realizing that it just, that wasn't a part of God's will and that, you know, so learning things, doing things differently, doing things the right way, um, you know, doing this Bible study has made me really begin to study, uh, you know, finances. I've been doing this for a while, just studying, and so just super excited about what, uh, learning about what God has to say. And so I, um, uh, 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 Rhonda, you had uh, shared some homework. Um, would you mind just uh, recapping that for a second, if you can? Do you One more time. Can you say that again? Because I had you on mute. You you assigned homework. Could you, would you mind just recapping that homework assignment? Uh, homework, yes. Yeah. Um, it is list the qualities of a good counselor, and it was nine qualities. That was good. So you, that was good. Yeah, so yeah. you want everybody to put them in. We don't, need, we don't have many people in yet, but they usually come in. So maybe we want to do that at the end or, um, you know, as, as people come on, they can put, put them in the comments. And maybe we'll see if we, have, we can get nine of them. That would be great. That would be awesome. Um, bless God. I, like I said, last week was awesome, and I'm very excited about today, we're continuing um, in Chapter 6. What we're going to do is we're going to be covering Chapter 6 and Chapter 7. Um, some of it you may just have to do on your own for Chapter 7, but I thought it was important because we're, we're, we've are we already, you know, um, we're at the point where we're going to start to, we want to finish the book. And so what we have done is that... Um, we're, tonight we're going to study Chapter 6, and we're going to go and go through 7. And then on Thursday, Thursday is going to be a bonus class. So this Thursday and next Thursday are going to be bonus classes. So on Thursday, um, you're going to, we're going to cover Chapter 8. And then um, Monday, uh, next week, Monday, we will cover um, 9 and 10. And then Thursday we'll do uh, Chapter 11, and then that Monday, I believe it's the 19th, we will cover um, Chapter 20. So just if you, in case you're falling behind or if you will need to catch up or, you know, if you moved ahead, great, it's fine. But, you know, we want to um, make sure that we get, the, get the, the information because it's so rich and full. Amen? So financial planning, we're on Session 6, Part 2. 
Financial Planning God's Way. And so I just wanted to uh, share the, the scripture of Proverbs 21, 3 through 4, by wisdom a house is built and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Amen. Huh. I spent the day, um, well, the last couple of days kind of looking up information um, you know, regarding this. So, I, you know, I'm going to be posting it tomorrow. I'm not going to, um, I'll wait until tomorrow to post. Um, establishing long-range goals. What are long-range goals? They are a composite of short-range plans linked back-to-back. Few people make, make any organized short-range plans. Even fewer have long-range plans. It's said that people spend more time planning summer vacations than they spend planning their retirement and their children's college education. I'm going to tell you that um, that kind of hit home for me because I just didn't know. Um, And so that really blessed me as I continue to study and continue to plan and continue to budget, you know, creating these plans. Um, I have been working on a mission statement um, for my family, and this will be, you know, the long-term and short-term plans will be a huge part of what I do. Um, As we progress in our careers, our incomes tend to increase, but so do our lifestyles. Without good short-term plans as well as long-term goals, we simply increase our spending to consume most of it. The purpose of of all financial planning is to meet specific goals such as education expenses, education expenses, a debt-free home, retirement, and giving. On the other hand, these goals plans keep our natural hoarding tendencies in check so that if we're blessed with a surplus, we will use it for God's glory and not for our own insecurity. Um, that, you know, bless me um, just in reading that and, and the breakdown. The breakdown is what bless me. Uh, without any prearranged plan, wealthy Christians tend to buy too much insurance, accumulate toys, and all too often leave too much for their children. Long-range financial planning, God's way, will provide you, will provide but not protect. I think that helps. Long-range financial planning, God's way, will provide but not protect. Now, I'll just have to say that again. It will ensure that your resources are assets, not liabilities. Three steps to establishing a long-range goal is a written plan is always the best way. To help in planning, there are questions in Section 12 of this book, and we're going to focus on that on the 19th, but you're welcome to go forward and look at that and begin to, you know, plan them out. Uh, Luke 14, 28 says, which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he if he has enough to complete it? Knowing that um, it says, what are we told? We're told to sit down and calculate um, so that we have enough to complete it. And it's funny because this scripture has been coming to me a lot. On a personal level, guys, you know, really um, – giving me the scripture for the last couple of months. But the other day I, you know, was um started, you know, uh looking at 
images uh, for a logo, and all I kept hearing God say was count the cost, count the cost. And so, you know, that kind of stopped me because I want to, you know, create budgets. I want to create sheets so that I am, you know, doing what is right, um, you know, planning the budget for everything that is, that is needed. And so I say that to you for even if you have a business or a ministry, you want to count the cost of everything. Um, it's not just for family, but this is across the board. Amen? Hmm. Amen. Hi, Carmen. Hi, Apostle. But number two, establish maximum financial goals. Often we make money. We make money doing what we enjoy, but later the motives become the becomes to accumulate more money for security. Even though a few thousand dollars used to be enough, eventually a few million won't be. The key to is to establish your goals before you make the money. Rather than minimum goals, God's desire is that we establish reasonable maximum financial goals and predetermined that will not allow excessive accumulation, which would put his resources in storage rather than in circulation. Um, I don't remember which uh, um, uh, commercial it is, but there's a commercial and it says, you know, write down how much you think that you would need you know, that would carry you throughout your retirement. And then, you know, finding out that, you know, it's just not enough. Um, but what was interesting today, and I just want to share a little nugget with you, um, you know, just the importance of the planning, um, is today I was reading in a financial group that I'm in, and so the question was, um, how much do you need for your retirement? And one person said, you know, some people said, you know, I need a million dollars. Some people said two million. Uh, some people said nine hundred thousand. You know, so everybody is varying. You know, their their responses are very. But what was interesting is that uh, one of the people responded that their aunt has already outlived um, their savings and their four hundred one k and the things that they put aside for their retirement. Um, so that really made me start thinking about, uh, you know, one. What is it that I need, um, you know, and that I'm planning accordingly. So I'm loving this book. I wish that I had read this book 20 years ago, but I want to encourage you, it's never too late to start. Um, you know, you start now. You start wherever you are right now, um, you know, and, and develop better habits according to the word of God. And I believe that if we just begin to turn our situation around by following, by submitting it to God, that wherever you are financially, God's going to turn your situation around. Amen? So these are things that we must think about. You know, we got to think about these things. Um, amen. First uh, Timothy 6, 18 and 19, it says, Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good work, to be generous and ready to share storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. So I, um, can anybody, if you, you can write it or you can come on and just answer these questions, what does God instruct us to do in this scripture, in this passage? And I can read it again. 
First Timothy six, eighteen and nineteen. Oh, somebody coming on? Marisol? Yes. Yeah, okay. okay. I didn't hear everything you said. Give generously. Yes, absolutely. God wants us to give generously and be ready to share. Amen. And the promise, the promise reward is to hold life, to hold of life. Uh, you know, God wants to bless us. I got to tell you, the other day I, I saw this gentleman, and, um, and I usually don't share these stories, but it just, um, you know, put me in perspective, especially when I was reading this. Um, he had asked me, he broke down everything he needed to do. He was like, look, I got to get here. You know, I've got to go here. I am homeless. But, I mean, he had everything down packed. He, you know, he could have written out a full plan of his day for me. And I just, I listened to him, and I said, okay. He's like, I just need, because I was waiting for him to tell me what he needs. He's like, I just need money to get, you know, I need to get a bus ticket, train ticket so I can, you know, get there. No problem. You know, I I, I told him, you know, you press the buttons, and he went, he's like, okay, this is what I need. And I gave it to him. And, but, you know, all I was thinking in my, in my spirit was, God, I always want to be ready when you're calling me to give or to do. Um, you know, we have to be submitted to God to know who our assignment is, and I think that's very important. Um, but we always want to be in a place where we're ready. Amen? Uh, Luke eight eighteen. take care of how you listen, for whoever has to him shall, for him, more shall be given. And whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, shall be taken away. So um, listen to the Lord. I don't want anything that I already have taken away because I didn't because I wasn't obedient. Um, so I think that we can, you know, that sum that up. Amen? <laughs> uh, three, establish a long-range family plan. Family goals are fundamental to the future success. If they are accomplished according to God's principles, the rewards will pass from parents to children. But unless we have sound financial plans and goals, how can we expect our children to become financially responsible? And you know we're supposed to be a blessing to our children's children. Hmm. It is vitally important that the whole family be a part of God's sharing plan. Um. Uh, Prophet Rhonda, she blessed me the other day when she told me, you know, we were talking and I had shared something with her and she said, well, you got to ask God to redeem the time. And that blessed me because when I read this, um, I immediately thought about our conversation. So I wrote on the side, you know, redeem the time for wisdom, knowledge, discernment, and understanding um, in this area, in finances, in business, and whatever it is else that you want. Um, you know, I don't want to miss anything, and I don't want my family to miss anything. Amen? Husbands and wives should discuss this with each other, then with their children. Give your children the joy of seeing you share from your resources or early. Also, learn, excuse me, also, learn early these habits and attitudes will pay dividends and freedom for, from financial obsession and greed. And in 1 Timothy 3.13, it says, each man's work will become evident, for the day will show will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. The fire itself will test the quality of man's work. 
And that's First uh, Corinthians three thirteen. Um, and in Proverbs thirteen twenty two, it says, "A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous." And that's Proverbs thirteen twenty two. So I'm just going to ask somebody out there, um, based on this scripture. What inheritance would you expect a godly grandparent to leave? Now, you could come on on um, the Facebook Live or on the phone. If What inheritance would you expect a godly grandparent to leave? Can somebody come on the line? I think um, to show them Jesus, like for them to have a relationship. A relationship with the Lord, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else? Hmm. I wrote down, you know, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Um, you know, having a relationship with God, because um, God has called us, you know, we're, I, the scripture that always blesses me is that we're to be um, not just uh, hearers of the word, but we are to be doers of the word. Um, that scripture always just blesses me, uh, lets me know that there's more to, there's more to do than just sitting and just hearing. We got to take action. Amen. A supplemental study, a family living plan. If we never establish a spending plan for our families, others will. Family members need to know the boundaries within which they can operate, and failure to establish those limits will result in overspending and ultimate bondage. In First Peter 3, 3-4, your adornment must not be merely external, braiding hair and wearing gold, wearing gold jewelry, are putting on dresses, but let it be hidden. Let it be in the hit. Let it be. Excuse me. Let it be the hidden person of the heart, with imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. Um, that that blessed me. Um, the script. The the question. One of the questions says, "Does that mean?" that all adornment is wrong. And no, I don't believe that it's all wrong. Um, but we are required to be gentle and quiet spirit because it is precious in God's sight. Um, Matthew 6.32 says, The Gentiles seek all things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all things. Um, God knows the, what we need, and we need to recognize the difference between needs, wants, and the desires of life. Um, but God always knows what we need. God recognizes our need, and he promises to supply for our needs. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. In the following verses, identify three basic levels of expenditures, excuse me, needs, wants, and desires. And you can do this on your own 
I just want to um, highlight the scripture, 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8. Godliness actually is a means of great gain when accomplished by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. Um, I had to read that scripture several times. I don't know how can somebody, you know, come forward and tell me that when they hear that scripture, when they read it, how did it make them feel? And you can come on the Facebook or you can come on um come on the line, open up your line. And first Timothy first Timothy six six through eight, it says godliness actually is a means of great gain when accomplished when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it. If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. Hey, Amen. Hi, hi, Prophet Um, Can you hear me? It's Rhonda. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I, I, I put it up um, in the group. Well, I tell you that he wants us to be content because that's the first thing that sticks out. Um, yeah. But last week's uh, scripture was that whole section of scripture that uh, section that I dealt with was that contentment. But um, this reminds me of something that I just watched. And the gentleman says that he reminds himself of what he cannot take out of this world. So he has a um, a suit in his closet with the pocket removed because he's reminded, I don't know if that's his suit that he's going to be um, buried in, but there's no pocket in there because he cannot take anything out of this world. And mm. so when I right, and so when I look at this scripture, um, it makes me think of the when I start hearing in different places, you know, um, I would be curious. I um, mean, it might be this week's homework to just find out how many scriptures have to do with contentment. Because we talked about last week the ebb and flow in life, and there's different things that are going to happen to us. And so when we keep you know, there's these up times where we won't, you know, for lack of a better word, we'll be balling. But then there's these other times where things are not going to be that great. But the Lord is like, be content in the situation and don't get so caught up because we can't take anything with us. So um, one of the scriptures in the very beginning of this lesson talked about um, going after all of these different things and you can't do anything with it. Um, so it's great to save so that we have when those rough times come, but not so much as we talk about hoarding finances and everything. So we can't take any of that out of here. Or or stuff. We can't take a whole bunch of stuff too. So all of us probably had when we talked about that last week, many things that we're still holding on to that are serving us no purpose at all. So Absolutely, absolutely. I agree. Um, Carmen wrote, uh, we should be satisfied with what we have, with what we have in each situation. Amen. Great. Was somebody else coming on? Great answers. Amen. First uh, John 2, 15 through 16 says, do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, 
the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. <clears throat> this verse suggests that the imbalance materially is caused, and I wrote by lust of the flesh and lust of the eye. <clears throat> uh, we always call, you know, well, I guess, it, I don't know if everybody calls it, but, you know, things, objects, um, you know, things, uh, nice car, things like that, you know, they all become like eye candy, but it may not be good for you if you can't afford it. Uh, you may have a fancy car, but, you know, you're, you're living in um, low-income housing, but you have this, you know, fancy, beautiful car. Um, you know, it doesn't, there's an imbalance. It doesn't make any sense. The differences between needs, wants, and desires can be illustrated by the motives behind our buying. We all need clothing. The need may be satisfied by simple, basic garments, even thrift store bargains. Wants may, may, may be met by buying in an upscale fashion trend store. Desires may be met by buying exclusive designer labels or custom-made clothing. So that's a breakdown of the needs, the wants, and the desires. Every purchase should be evaluated and allowed or disallowed according to God's plan for your family. I have to be honest with you, a lot of times when I go shopping, you know, I make my list and I know what I need. I, I, I do do coupons. I look for savings and everything. And um, But I know that there are times, and we've all, you know, been guilty where it's like I want to buy something, I want to buy it, I want to buy it. And I, you know, I finally got to say, God, you know, I want to buy this so much that I'm not even sure if I should get it. And I will listen. And I was blessed. And I have to tell you the story of this dress. I wanted this dress so bad. And every time I looked on the, you know, website, I wanted to order it. I mean, the dress was probably about $100. And I wanted the dress. And I kept hearing no. And, I, you know, I tried to ignore when I was hearing the no. But a couple of months later, I happened to go into that store that was selling where I saw it online. And we were just walking around. I saw the dress. And I'm like, wow, that's a dress that I really wanted. It was half off. And I said, you know, it was half off or 60% off. And then I said, you know, I'm like, well, you know, God, I still want the dress. And it was like, you can get it now. But when I got to the register, she told me to, uh, you know, to pull up the code, to put in this code, the, the text message. And it was like I put in a text message and I got an additional 25% off of this dress. So this dress that I wanted to, you know, I wanted so bad that I wanted to pay the $100 for, I mean, I probably got the dress for, you know, $30 or $25. Um, you know, uh, four months later. And so it's just amazing how God will, you know, if if, if we're obedient to what he's telling us, um, he'll give us everything that we want. Um, I didn't have to spend full price for that dress. I, I just, I wanted it. I thought it was pretty, but it was at the time. Um, so I want to, you know, encourage you to be obedient to what God is saying, be obedient to his word. Um, you know, often a no will mean not yet. Um, but you need to know when God is saying yes and no. Okay, amen. A family savings plan. 
Most many families fail to save and consequently are always in debt. Even minor financial setbacks plunge them into panic and anxiety. Go to the aunt, O oh sluggard. Observe her ways and be wise, while ha- which having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. The ant prepares the food in the summer and gathers provision in the harvest. That is a great lesson. Um, I hope that you catch that one. That blessed me. There is a difference between saving for legitimate provision and hoarding for imagined protection. As we become wise stewards, we will learn to understand the difference. We have to be obedient to to God's word. And creating a savings, a legitimate provision, means that we need to write it down, create goals so that we have um, um, what is it, sustainable goals. Your short-term goals and long-term goals, um, so that we're not. And I, and you know, I never heard this before until I read this. Um, hoarding for imagined protection. And I think about so many people who, uh, you know, they say, "Well, I just want more. I just want more. I just want more." And it's like, "Well, why do you want more?" But in the same breath, you're saying, "I'm blessed," but you're telling me that you want more, and you don't have, but you want more. Um, you know, so we got to get a hold on uh, uh, what it is. What, why are we saving money, um, you know, for legitimate provision or are we hoarding for imagined protection? Amen? <clears throat> A family inheritance plan. Consider the potential consequences of leaving large amounts of money to your family, either outright or in trust. Do you believe God will provide? Remember, God demands that we provide for our family. He doesn't say protect them. And I'm still I'm still trying to chew on that. Um, I'm going to say this again. God demands that we provide for our family. He doesn't say protect them. Later we will discuss how much you can you can or should leave and how it should be evaluated in light of God's plan, not the world. In Luke 9, 59 to 62, it says, He said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go bury my father. But he said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, no one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. The first man was invited to follow Jesus, but he wanted to wait for his father's inheritance which could be received only after the official burial. Now, that blessed me because I read that scripture many times, and so that was like a ha-ha moment for me. Um, I don't know how it has When you read that scripture, when you hear that, did anybody else realize that?
that the first man, he was invited, when he was invited to follow Jesus, but he wanted to wait for his father's inheritance, which could only be received after the official burial. I'm going on. Psalm 37:25. I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging for bread. In this verse, God promises his descendants that they will not have to beg for bread. I thank God for that. Amen. Hmm. Do we have anybody on that would like to read um, uh, four for me? Anybody on the phone? I will. I will. <clears throat> um, establish a long-range earning plan. You want me to read it's the entire number four? As mentioned previously, many people allow others to set their financial goals whether it is a hot tip on the Internet stocks or a gold mine in the Yukon. If it's not in the line of God's plan for you, you'll experience frustration, confusion, and loss, regardless of whether you make money or not. You should be sure your plans are in keeping with God's purposes. As Will Rogers once observed, the problem with running in the rat race is that even if you win, you're still a rat. That's easy. Do not be afraid. (laughs) Psalms 49, 16 through 17, do not be afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house is increased, for when he dies, he will carry nothing away. His glory will not descend after him. And the question is, according to these verses, what is really important? Um, you can't take anything with you. Um, yes. Hebrews 13 and 5. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, right? Being, there's that content again, being content with what you have. For he himself has, has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. And he says, um, we are to avoid, and then that, that's when you throw in the answer, and to learn. Well, to learn to be content and avoid the love of money is the two answers Amen. there. Yeah. Thank you. There's that content again. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. There's the content again. Definitely a word to study. Yeah. If nothing else from this Bible study is we're going to learn to be content. That's me. I'm talking about this. (laughs) Yeah. I received that. Um, I, you know, I don't know about anybody else, but like I said, this has definitely been a blessing and she definitely convicted me. Um, and I believe pointing me in the right direction. Because um, some things you don't know until you study. Um, you study, you read, you meditate on the word, um, and you take action. Again, we're supposed to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. So this is a take action Bible study. Amen? Establish a contingency or surplus plan. Once a limit of spending is established, most Christians can expect to accumulate a surplus. How that surplus is to be used must be predetermined or it will be diverted through lifestyle adjustments or hoarding. With the best of intentions, many Christians hoard the Lord's surplus. 
much like the manna was herded in the wilderness. Hmm. I when I when I was reading that um, the other day, I I woke up and I I just kept hearing God saying, um, "I'm giving you your portion, um, just like the manna." And and you know when I read this today, it just I'm like, wow, you know because they had manna. Um, you know, they had manna for the day. They had their portions to feed their family. Um, and that just, you know, and they couldn't hoard. They couldn't, you know, unless when God told and instructed them to get to gather more, um, you know, for I believe it was at the, those two days. But every day they were to go out and collect the manna for their, for their family, for their household. Um, God knows to wound he can entrust riches. In Matthew twenty five twenty three, it says, His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful with a few things. I will put many things. Um, I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. I, I did a um, prayer a couple of weeks ago, and that was the basis for, you know, to enter into the joy of your master. Um, you know, being coming to God with an obedient heart. Um, God is looking for a few good and faithful servants. Amen. Um, looking at the time, I want to get into chapter seven. Um, and we may not finish it. I'm sure that we're not going to finish it all, but I do want to touch on it. I want to, um, you know, catch everybody up because I don't want us to miss. Um, you know, the good information that is in this book. Um, again, we're studying how to manage your money. It's an in-depth um, Bible study on personal finances by Larry Forget. <clears throat> so I just want to, I'm going to jump over to Chapter 7 now, and that is on, it starts on page 71, and you're not going to, as I said, we're not going to finish all of it, but I at least want to touch on it. Motives for Accumulating Wealth. Now that we've reviewed what wealth is for Christians, we will examine why we should accumulate wealth. So to accumulate means more than to store money. Accumulation refers to making, using, and spending money. Money can yield comfort and convenience, and it can, and can provide resources for spending the gospel of Jesus Christ. But money also can lead to covetousness, I hope I'm saying it right, and idolatry. The love of money can ruin marriages, separate families, spoil children, and breed dishonesty. Therefore, it is vitally important to understand God's principles for accumulating wealth. Giving is a ministry for many Christians. Once Christians accept giving as a ministry, a whole new area of God's word becomes clear. In 1 Timothy 6 through 18, it says, Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good work, to be generous and ready to share. And you can go and answer some of these questions, but I do want you to really take the time to answer this question. Tell what you believe is your primary motive for accumulating money. 
And you don't have to share that now, but I just want you to have take an honest look. Take an honest look at your um, reflection. Take you know, look and see why it is that you want to accumulate money, and be honest. Um, and submit that to God and allow God to minister to you. Um, this is a time of, um, of breaking down some false beliefs. Amen? <clears throat> Why people want to accumulate money. Some are advised to, just as some people allow others to set their goals for them, other people allow friends, family, or society in general to define their financial priorities. Often they commit their lives to worldly success to the exclusion of all else, including their relationship with their God, with uh, God and their families. Proverbs fifteen twenty two says, "Without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed." And that was uh, Proverbs fifteen twenty two. But we know that. With many counselors, we can succeed. So I'm definitely going to be praying that we seek the right counsel, see wise counsel, but the right with the right people. Proverbs 14:15. The naive believes everything, but the sensible man considers his step. And I looked this up in the uh, the uh, Amplified because uh, the question says, God says not to believe everything you hear. What? does a sensible, knowledgeable person do? And so I wrote that they are um, discreet and astute and consider well before uh, where he is going. And that was from the Amplified, partially from the Amplified. But the words, the two words that stood out to me was discreet and astute. And discreet means to be careful. Astute means an ability to accurately Assess situations or people and turn this turn it to one's advantage. I had to highlight that for myself um, because I wanted it to, wanted to you know really get a clear understanding of how we are supposed to be. I'm one of those people that I'm very passionate and I get very frustrated when I see the body of Christ being taken advantage of. Um, but I know that. You know, if we're going to follow the word, we need to follow it to the T and know that, you know, um, God did not call us to, to be doormats for anyone, allow us to be manipulated or taken advantage of. Um, so this scripture really just stood out to me, and that's Proverbs 14, 15. The naive believes everything, but the sensible man considers his death. Amen. Accumulate out of envy. In section three, envy was identified as convectiousness or greed. It is also known as a social pleasure or peer pressure. If uh, Psalm seventy three two through three, it says, "As for me, my feet came close to stumbling; my steps had almost slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant." as I saw the prosperity of the wicked. When I read that scripture today, I thought about, you know, walking down the street. And and I'll read it again. It says, as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant as I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Um, 
I thought I, I as I was reading the scripture, I thought about you know walking down the street and not really paying attention, and you know, or uh, your eyes goes off to someplace else and you stumble and you fall, or you know they say where where your eyes go, the car goes. Um, because you're not staying focused on what you're supposed to be focused on, and you're getting off track. And that's how how I saw that, you know, getting off track, um, uh, you know, with the word of God and with we, we're falling or, you know, wherever our eyes are going, that's where the rest of us is going. Um, and we slip into this, you know, into, um, the, as it says, um, I became envious. I was envious of the arrogant as I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And so I tell you, encourage you to stay focused on where God is taking you. Stay focused on what's ahead of you and not, you know, off to the side. Amen. Uh, Luke twelve fifteen says, Then he said to them, Beware and be on guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. We are warned to beware of greed. Hmm. Three, some make a game of accumulating money. Have you ever known someone who is pursuing wealth like it is a contest or game? In those situations, everyone becomes a pawn, family, friends, fellow Christians, it's too bad that, that this attitude is promoted by elevating the winners to do position to position of spiritual leadership. In God's plan, if you compromise his rules, you lose. I'm gonna say that again. In God's plan, if you compromise his rules, you will lose. Proverbs 22.1 says, A good name is more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than gold, than silver and gold. And Matthew 16.26, What will profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And to summarize this, I, I wrote this to summarize the theme is that a good man in favor is a blessing and don't forfeit your soul for a profit. Um, it's interesting, um, and this is what came to me, and it, I don't know if it may be a little off track, but it'll come together. Um, I, I was talking to my son, and, you know, I was telling, we were talking about credit, and um, I had heard that somebody say this before, and it just blessed me. But it said, lend money, not your name. Um, you know, and it, when I read the scripture, it, I, it made me think about that. Lend money, not your name. Your name enters doors. Your name goes, you know, God will put your name before great men. And you don't want people to, you know, mess up your name. And and I love this scripture. It says, a good name is to be desired more than great wealth. Your name will bring favor. Your name opens up doors. Your name will put be put before um, decision makers. And so we have to be very careful about, you know, who will have access, you know, to our name. And I'm talking, when I speak about this, you know, talking about, like, credit, you know, um, signing, uh, um, being a co-signer for anyone. Um, you know, we must be mindful not to do stuff like that. So that's just a little nugget for you. Accumulate money for self-esteem. 
Uh, this motive is particularly disastrous because society promotes this weakness. We like to receive honor and recognition for what we accomplish. The accumulation of material things feeds ego. Even within Christian circles, there are those who want to be seen with only the right people. They use their resources to purchase esteem from everyone, including their families. They never give unless it is a recognized and never share to accept to promote themselves. I went to an event last year, and um, I listened to several people who have great accomplishments, I mean, absolutely wonderful accomplishments, um, you know, in their life, and it, and it is, you know, and it's to be commended. But what got to me was that, you know, unfortunately, I was in such a close proximity that everyone who walked up to this person, they, the person thought they gave their bio, um, and it was a long bio, and it got to the point where it was just like, what happened to a nice hello, how you doing, you know, and it may not have been the setting, I don't know, and I, you know, but I just realized that every every time somebody came, they wanted to tell, they wanted them to know what their accomplishments were, um, and they didn't just share one or two, but they had to share, but they shared everything. Um, but it was something that, you know, we would have known anyway because they were going to be on, coming on stage where they had, the you know, an audience that would be listening to them. Um, so we want to be careful about, you know, um, how we handle ourselves. Amen. So that was a side note. Um, what are the rich told to avoid in this scripture? That was First Timothy 6, 17 and 18. Instruct those who are rich in the present world not to be uh, conceited or fixed on their hope of the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly applies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. That God is instructing us not to be conceited or put in our hope in the uncertainty of wealth to be rich in good works. Amen? Know that the only person that we can put our hope in is in God. That is who we're supposed to put all our hope in. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to read um, this last um, six. Some accumulate money for protection. Many people accumulate wealth for protection. Apparently, they don't believe that God can supply their needs, so they hoard it out of fear. At first, the goal may be a few thousand, just to protect against future uncertainty. But to those who don't trust God, there will never be enough to protect against any against every calamity. Again, there is nothing wrong with planning and saving God's way. But people who hoard for protection only say they trust only say they trust God. They don't really trust Him. In our society, we are bombarded by ads for insurance of all kinds: life, health, disability, liability, calamity, and the like. 
used in balance, these things are fine. But faith, trust, comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, not fear. Psalms 50, 14 and 15 says, Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I shall rescue you and you will honor me. I'm going to read this last scripture, this last one too. I'm sorry. Some accumulate to supply a spiritual gift. There's only one reason God allows us to have a surplus above our need to, to enable us to give. True wealth comes from the gift of giving. The interesting thing about God's plan is that when he finds a good steward who will share freely, he returns even more. In Luke 6, 38, it says, Give and it will be given. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run it over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to come to an end. Um, Again, we're going to meet on Thursday, and we're going to focus on uh, Chapter 8, and I'm very excited because you got your the, the host, uh, Prophet Rhonda. She will be sharing She will be sharing and teaching for Chapter 8. Amen. So that's this Thursday. Uh, she will put out the time because it won't be, I think there's going to be a change in the time, so it may not be at 8.30, but um, uh, she'll, she will post it, and Marisol, I will send it to you. Um, if you'd like to join in. Amen. Father God, Lord, we just bless your name. Oh, uh, oh you have something to say? No, sir. I, I want to say no. Uh, oh, okay. Bless God. Amen. Whew, I thank you, Father God. Lord, we just honor you. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise, Lord. I pray, Father God, that we will learn to be content, Father God, with all that you have given to us, Lord. We thank you, Father God, because you are our provider, Father God. For you, you said um, you are to me. You are a shepherd, Father God, and you shall provide for us, Lord. So we thank you, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for more than enough, Father God. I thank you, Lord, because you've given us our portion, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for your anointed here, Father God. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for portion control, Father God. That's what I keep hearing. I thank you, Father God, for portion control, Father God, that you're giving us, Father God, all that is needed, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for abundance. I thank you for overflow. I thank you, Lord, for teaching us, Father God, teaching us the right way, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we will be transformed, be renewed, Father God, we be transformed by the renewing of our minds, Lord. I pray, Father God, that we would come in right alignment with your word, Father God, for our finances and for our family, Father God, that we would do, we would create budgets, Father God, that we would pay off debt, Father God, that we would save, Lord. I pray, Father God, that we would plan accordingly, Father God, that we would plan uh, for the short-term goals and the long-term goals, Father God. I pray, Lord, your anointed hand. I pray wisdom, Father God. I pray wisdom of Solomon, Lord, over our finances, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Father God, for we have favor in your sight, Lord. I thank you, Father God. I lift up uh, Prophet Rhonda, Lord. I, I thank you, Father God, for her life, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for opening up 
doors for her, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for pouring out a continuous blessing in her life, Father God. I thank you, Father, for touching the hearts of your people, Lord. I pray, Father God, that we would hear your word, Lord, and we would act on it, Father God. I pray, Lord, um, thank you, Father God. I pray, Father God, that we would move quickly on your word, Father God. I thank you, Lord, because we've entered into this new year, Father God, in a new place, doing new things, Father God. According to your word, Lord, I just thank you, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for all those that are faithful to receive, to hear, to pray, to spend time and commune with you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Okay, uh, next week's class, um, excuse me, Thursday, this Thursday, um, the class will be at, starting at 845. That's 845 um, on Thursday. And then we'll be, and our, our prophetess Rhonda will be teaching on Chapter 8 at 845 this Thursday. Amen? All right, everyone, have a great night. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.